The following is a presentation of the Neuropod podcast and is not an event that emerges from the asset nominating or policies and procedures committees. Any candidate's failure to participate should not in any way influence your opinion or choice in this election. Welcome to the Neuropod, the podcast for neurodiagnostic professionals. Our mission is to provide you with information that can help you provide the best care for your patients. Knowledge is power, and more knowledge can lead to better patient outcomes. Joining me are the candidates for president-elect of ASSET, the Neurodiagnostic Society. The election is on now through May 31st, so if you are a member and you have not voted, please log in and go to www.asset.org forward slash board of trustees candidates with a hyphen between each one of those words. There you can review each nominee's resume and cast your vote for the candidate whom you believe can best lead our society. Today's show, we've got Magdalena Warzeka, and she is the final candidate for president-elect of ASSET. Welcome to the show, Magdalena. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, delighted that uh, we had an opportunity to talk to you and ask you about you know, what, what uh, impact you think you can have on ASSET and why our membership should choose you to lead. Why don't we jump right in, and I'm going to start with, tell us a little, a little bit about your professional journey, your education, your employment, your volunteering cover that in a, in a nutshell for us. Okay. So again, like, thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk to you and to our listeners today. Um, so about my uh, education and, and professional um, journey, um, I um, discovered neurodiagnostics um, later in life. Um, I studied uh, early childhood education in Poland. And when I came to the uh, U.S. over 30 years ago, I didn't really know about the field of neuro, field of neurodiagnostics. Like many other uh, techs in the field, this is not a very well-known area. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know about it until a friend uh, who went through the school told me about it. And it sounded really interesting. So um, I um, learned about it and I um, enrolled and completed a neurodiagnostic program in Chicago. Was, was your education in Poland, was it um, healthcare related or? No, it was early childhood education. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when I was here again, I, I found neurodiagnostics and I, I thought it was really, really interesting. And I enrolled in the program, completed the program. And I first started working um, at a sleep lab. Didn't work there very long because uh, just kind of working nights wasn't wasn't uh, for me at the time. I had little kids too. Um, then I worked at the hospital EEG lab and then I worked for the IONM company for a while too. Mm-hmm. Um, after about a few years in the field, I became a member of ACID, and that's actually how I met my current employer, okay. uh, Neurotech. So I started working for Neurotech, um, and the company was at that time very new, mm-hmm. um, and I quickly really fell in love with the EEG and well, with the potential a, of how you learn. Do me a favor. Yeah. I don't want to derail you. Put a, Just for the listeners, put a date on that. Uh-huh. When, when did you join them? Uh, 2008. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's it's been a little bit, yeah. It's been over fifteen years now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've started learning more about EEG because that's what Neurotech specializes in, and um, kind of quickly became super interested in it and got my Abbott EEG credentials, and then I got my EP credentials, and then I got CLTM, wow. um, and just two years ago I got the NACLTM. Were you in the first class? Still- yeah. Yes, I was. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. I couldn't wait for this credential to be available to to be taken. I, I love EEG. I love learning about EEG. And there's just so much more to learn, too, always. Yeah. 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 So um, 
meanwhile, I also got a degree in, I got my credits from Poland translated and I got a degree in healthcare administration and management um, as well. Uh, so that's basically my education. Yeah, outstanding. Um, and then um, professionally, you know, over the years with Neurotech, with the company kept growing and we hired and trained more techs and recruited many new techs into the field, uh, provided clinical practice while we, um, you know, sent them to school for uh, IOHS and others. Mm -hmm. um, we opened new location and I became a manager. Um, you know, I started as new unregistered tech, but then over the years, as we kept growing, mm -hmm. um, I got my credentials, I got my degree, I became a manager, then I became a director of EEG services, and now I'm a COO at Neurotech. Uh, wow. And again, we, we are fairly large now. We specialize in all things EEG, uh, starting from routines, facilities EEG, ambulatory EEGs, CEG monitoring with on-site personnel and monitoring personnel. So it's yep. basically... Um, EEG. It's it's a big responsibility. Um, you, real quick, um, how does that help your leadership abilities? And then if you will tie in some, I, I know you all have done the uh, Asset Abrit Leadership Program. Um, yes. Any other activities or any other leadership experiences that are relevant for uh, positioning for you for this job? Well, I, again, I've been kind of developing as a leader over the years, I would say. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it doesn't happen over time. Uh, as you grow and... and but, Absolutely, being in this company and growing this company has helped me along the way and gave me a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. uh, professionally and education-wise and credential-wise and uh, mentoring other people and being mentored by other people. Um, I got involved with Asset also because this company was growing and as we needed to have best practices, guidelines, competencies, I've been reaching out to Asset on several occasions. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've always been getting helped or being directed to where do you get that information? So um, I think that helped me out too. And, and that's what kind of got me into volunteering as well. Because mm -hmm. I felt like I'm getting so much from us that I need to give back and maybe contribute a little bit there too. So I started yeah. volunteering on the first the CEU committee, then I joined membership committee, then special interest group for epilepsy monitoring. Um, then I've run for uh, board of uh, trustees and I got elected. And as a trustee, um, that really opened my eyes to the complexity of the work that ACID is doing, ACID staff and ACID volunteers and all of the committees that work. That was a really, really great experience um, from the learning perspective of just understanding mm -hmm. the society, its role, what it does, how much work goes into it, and just appreciation of it all. And how to make things happen. Um, yes, exactly. From the inside, yeah. 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 Wow. I'm, you know, I'm looking at the professional contributions. on. I have some notes in front of me, uh, all available mm -hmm. on the Asset website. But, uh, I mean, it's <laughs> it's a long list of participation. Um, shows me you're not afraid to... to step in and, and uh, grind it out and do some work. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, there is the saying that you can outsmart me, but you're not going to outwork me. me. That's, that's, that's what I'm kind of, I, I hope that I, I'm hard to outwork. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. yeah. And then um, also the, uh, the, the, I just want to point out the quadruple uh, credentials. We haven't seen that in, uh, in not in this election process. Um, that's outstanding as well. So, the, the, what, what, how, what's the number of modalities that you're familiar with or, or work around? You, are you CLTM? No. 
Yes, you are. Yes, I am CLTM. Yeah. I am, CLTM, so I am NACLTM. I am um, Iraq Potential um, and EEG. Mm-hmm. I don't have seen them. Um, I've had experience with interpretive monitoring, but I have not uh, gotten my credential because um, I only worked in IONM world for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And at that time, um, I just don't do it right now, so I couldn't get that credential. Yeah, but, well, it, um, it makes sense. Yeah. And your career path is doesn't make sense to have at this point. Yeah. It sounds like, so, sorry. Um, but yeah, so but I, it is very interesting and I, I loved it too when I used to do it. So on, uh, so uh, volunteer activities with other nonprofits, I, I see that's impressive as well. So you don't, you haven't just committed to asset. I mean, it, it seems like sprinkled in here. You're a board member currently of ISET. You're a board member yes. currently of CSET. And, yes. um, and, and obviously a, a foundation board member, a, a full disclaimer, uh, Magdalene yes. and I served together on the foundation board. Um, yeah. but how have those, uh, other operations helped you or how, well, how have you um, helped them? Cause, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, it's volunteer work. How have you helped yeah. them? And then how's that developed you for the full leadership job of uh, president elect? Well, so what I think when I think of the local chapters and, and the regional organizations, I kind of think about it as analogy to, uh, like a neuron, so like acid being a sort of a cell body, and those local chapters are like the dendrites and axons, and they kind of spread around. Like, and that's a two-way communication. I hope yeah. that um, you know you have people on the ground really in those local chapters. So I'm involved with ISET for several years. We organize annual meetings that are very well attended. Mm-hmm. Um, I love these meetings. It's just, it's an opportunity for local techs to not only learn, but network and talk and everybody loves them really here. Yeah. With CSET, I've been uh, attending CSET meetings uh, for years, but I just recently got involved with CSET uh, board. And it's a great group of people, very dedicated. And um, and these are just great opportunities to meet local techs yeah. and talk to them. And I think that that's, um, ACID could also do more with um, using chapters as sort of a way of reaching out to people in uh, local yeah. techs in different states. That, that's, that's a good um, point. Those, oper- uh-huh. those um, organizations are clearly more budget friendly a they're local to the tags absolutely so it doesn't always require an overnight and uh, rarely requires an overnight unless you're on one end of the state which we'd alternate in ohio so it's budget friendly and the Mm text so you get the attendance can be great i mean i know that there's a couple that have um uh, struggled uh, over the years um and folded but uh the strong ones the onds the um i think Uh florida's got a strong society i know illinois has a strong society um, Arizona and, and, has a great society. There's a lot mm-hmm. of them that are really up and running and they're great. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people can't afford the travel, take the time off from work, you know, travel expenses, hotel uh, registration. Yeah. This is so much easier. And um, it, it is always welcome that you, you have that local meeting. The techs really, really love it because it's usually on Friday or a Saturday. They don't even have to take a day off from work and doesn't. Um, it's just, you know, lower cost, obviously, but that, then you get the education too. Yeah. We should think about possibly a uh, foundation scholarship for maybe two techs uh, for a, to a local society meeting because they are of value. There's a ton. Of, there's Absolutely. not only a bunch of CEUs, but the networking opportunities, the support channel. Absolutely. It's it's like a mini asset. It's You're not going to get everything that you would get at the national meeting, but you sure get a lot. 
So maybe we should Absolutely. look into sponsoring some of those. That'd be fun. So Magdalena, yeah. um, let's talk about your, your, uh, your inner self. What motivates you to do all the volunteer work that I see on your resume? And I know it's been hour after hour after hour having done quite a bit myself. What motivates you to get involved? And, you know, you do, you do it for asset. You do it for the regionals. You do it for the local. What makes you tick? So I am genuinely passionate about neurodiagnostics. Um, what motivates me really is getting things done and making a difference. So, uh, for example, um, with ASSET, uh, several years ago when I was on the board, we formed a global initiative task force with Tigo Daniel from Gohi and Trey King, Emily Kale and others mm -hmm. who were all involved in some type of outreach into developing countries. And that task force was on kind of trying to see what we can and cannot do. Um, it took a couple of years, but then last year, um, as chair at that time of membership committee, I worked with executive committee and the board and um, we finally passed emerging international membership pathway for for basically allowing access to uh, become members of asset to people from underdeveloped countries. Yeah, um, and at that's, a a scale, that's a scale of fees, right? Yes. So emerging, so emerging countries would get a, a different rate than national. Yes, than, that's uh, exactly US yes, because obviously they cannot afford $130 a membership fee, but they really, really yeah. um, look for those best practices and look for those um, educate access to education and, and knowledge. So that's, that's, I think, is an accomplishment that didn't happen overnight and it didn't happen just last year. It was sort of a, a, a culmination of a process that started several years ago with, with with the global initiative task force started with the global initiative task force, yeah. but it's been completed and it really is, is very satisfying. Um, last year also, I led uh, a task force for best standards in ambulatory ser uh, EEG services and CEG services, which were both long overdue. And so we've put together a group of people from the industry and from the hospital backgrounds and we've worked all year, but then we've completed those best practices. And we've actually, we've got feedback from physicians groups as well, too. Mm -hmm. And we've completed and they are posted. So getting those things done and yep. just having that sense of accomplishment is really incredibly rewarding. And wow. that's what really drives me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. That's, that's outstanding. So uh, you got to the um, what motivates you. More importantly for our listeners, where do you find that? the best practices because there's so much CEEG going on. Where, where are these documents? Where are these resources? Yeah. So they were published in the asset journal, I think in December, but they're also our own website on asset website, Perfect. go on asset website and uh, resources or best standards. And that's, that's where all the best standards and practices are. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, and there's several of them and they're great. There's, there's others that I didn't work with, but others people worked on and there's, there's just, a great resource. Yeah. I just, I want people listening. If, if that, if that hit them, um, if someone's doing CE and they want CEG and, and ambulatory and, or, um, I want them to be able to, be able to find it without, without uh, looking too hard. So, um, we're going to do okay. a show on that. I'm going to have either Linda or Marine or, or somebody go in and, and cover what, what mm -hmm. how to find all okay. these resources. And we'll probably cover mm -hmm. some in detail. So getting back to you, uh -huh. if, if elected, what are what are your priorities? What are your goals for asset? Not not only what are your goals, I want to know why these goals are of value to our membership. Okay. Okay, sure. I think I have pretty uh, clear 
three goals. One would be promote careers in neurodiagnostics, so that's an advocacy goal. Um, we would like to at least double the number of techs entering or, or people entering the field. Mm -hmm. um, the, we all know about staffing shortages throughout the country. Um, we need to address that. There's staffing shortages and that leads to, to other problems because there is no people coming into the field. Mm -hmm. So why are they not coming into the field? Because they don't know about the profession, right? This is yeah. such a great profession with so much potential that nobody knows about unless you have epilepsy or know someone who is in that field or know someone with epilepsy, you, you're not going to know. Yeah. So uh, uh, advocacy and, and um, we are currently at Asset Revamping Ambassador Program mm -hmm. um, and we should try to go back and advertise in, in high schools, community colleges, work with uh, healthcare organizations like HOSA to promote our profession. Mm -hmm. um, on that same topic though, once we promote uh, the profession, the young people want a career. They don't want a job, they want a career. They want to be able to, to grow in that field. So we need to support expanding neurodiagnostic educations into bachelor programs um, and, and higher too, um, because that needs to be a desirable uh, field to get into. Mm -hmm. um, on also sort of the same topic is, is job security. So people want a profession in which they feel that they have job security, right? Yeah. So we need to ensure that all of the technologies in the changing healthcare settings, and that includes working with physicians organization and payers to ensure that we have a role to ensure that the neurodiagnostic procedures will be performed by, by qualified neurodiagnostic personnel mm -hmm. and i think that you know you probably see that too on social medias and and, and, and other places uh techs are afraid of of new technology and why are they afraid of the new technology and the rapid response devices because there is a fear that the text will no longer be needed. Mm -hmm. Well, that needs to be addressed. So we need to create awareness of our role that only qualified neurodiagnostic personnel is competent to perform the test and ensure patient safety and provide best quality results to physicians. Mm -hmm. Technology will change as it always has, and it pushes you know, the boundaries and it moves us forward and it should be our tool. We should not be afraid of it. Well, let me, let me ask uh, you, this, that, so licensure, is it, does that create a barrier to entry while we have a tech shortage? I don't think licensure, it depends how you, how do you approach license, licensures? I mean, there is the people who cut hair has license, have licenses. Does, does it mean that there's a shortage of people who cut hair? No, yeah, yeah. you know, you can grandfather in people, you can have grandfather clothes, clothes for people who are in the field on the job trained and there could be the the, the ladder it could be extended. I, I think we should do that, expand that the neurodiagnostic career ladder from the tech assistants through pe to people with bachelor's degrees to NICLTMs and and you know PhDs or masters in neurophysiology for IONM. Yeah, uh, that ladder has a really room for expansion. I think mm -hmm. because the, well, the, I think the they started profession expansion. is is growing. I yeah. think they started expansion with the uh, document I saw that has um, you know the the titles and the and the and the competencies by 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 job title um, mm -hmm. def, definition all the way from NDA starting out you know doing connections connections only all the way up through mm -hmm. uh, lead text through through uh, uh, higher education type um, positions. I think yeah. that's a good start for the latter. It gives a, it gives an entry rung with clearly defined expectations and, and opportunities to climb up, depending on what, what where you want to be. Absolutely. 
as I said, this I I, I see that this pro this profession is growing as mm -hmm. technology improves. There's going to be maybe things that we will need to learn because there's going to be a new technology. There's going to be new skills that we're going to need to learn. Uh, but and and I think that's another way of asset to be involved in in creating courses or maybe helping techs get to 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 that knowledge that we will need to have but i think there's enormous potential within this profession mm -hmm. so so real quick you said um you had three three uh clear goals one was right. expanding expanding the the number of people in the field so growing growing our base right. of, of uh right. technologists um, and then you also reference that people want a career, and so ex expanding um, into the the programs, hopefully some mm -hmm. bachelor programs. Um, yes. And then what is the third? Ensuring that the tech have techs have a role within the healthcare field. That we're not afraid of technology. We're not afraid mm -hmm. of other people doing our jobs. Just ensuring the role of the technology, so we have a job security. So that's my second goal. And then my mm -hmm. third goal would be connecting with neurodiagnostic community um, um, internationally. Mm -hmm. So that refers to both developing countries, which we talked already about the emerging international pathway for asset membership. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just so much need for knowledge in developing countries. There's need for everything, knowledge, resources, education. Um, and they're very, very grateful for, for even having access to our, you know, mark and measure uh, instructions or yeah. uh, best practices, and so so that's that's a great opportunity for us to live out our mission of improving neuro neurological health globally. That's asset mission. Yeah. So I think that's an opportunity for us to do that. Also, developed countries um, reaching out to developed countries and collaborating with with uh, other neurodiagnostic organization in developed countries. I think it's another opportunity that we could. I'll take advantage of, um, share our practices, our educational um, credentials and uh, educational requirements with others and comparing to others, maybe we could learn from others too. Mm -hmm. I think it would be awesome to have that sort of global recognition of our credentials um, mm -hmm. in, in in other countries in the world. That would be, be a great thing to have. So you just came back from France, um, from the um, mm -hmm. so European Congress. What, uh, mm -hmm. what what credentialing, they have, I would think, credentialing bodies. Um, is there coordination between um, ABRIT and their credentialing bodies? Or no, what, what, could ass, what could ASS role be in bringing that together? So I think... Um, Asset and Abrid right now have that joint international uh, committee. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the exact name of that committee is, but there is a joint committee uh, that Asset and Abrid have mm -hmm. for uh, basically that international outreach. Um, and there are some countries right now in the world that are um, that accept asset credentials. Um, I think Ireland, some. Um, United Arab Emirates. There's a couple of others. I'm not Australia, maybe, but I'm I'm not 100 sure. Mm -hmm. But some countries, in some countries, our credentials are are valid. In others, they're not. Um, I as I as you mentioned, I've been just at the conference in Europe, and I've actually met with French techs, and um, they were very excited about potential collaboration with Asset, and they were excited about maybe visiting our annual meeting one day, and would yeah. love to collaborate. I think they're. Their educational requirements are similar to ours. They're not higher. And some countries I know that, that there may be higher educational requirements, but not in France. But um, again, there's there's differences, but I'm sure there's similarities as well. Um, and I think it would be cool to explore and 
um, potentially, again, I see it as an opportunity for our tax to be kind of recognized. Yeah, yeah. So the elsewhere in the world, I think emissions are uh, really a guiding path. I don't think you ever complete a mission um, in this type of work. But right. uh, if there were an end to this, how would you see the international community and asset? I mean, would we have asset chapters in Germany? Asset chapters, oh. chapters in Pakistan. Uh, asset. Cha- how, oh. how do you vision? What would your vision be? I would vision. I would envision it sort of in a similar way. Like if you have um, international uh, physician organizations, so probably anyone can be a member of. Um, uh, I don't know AES, uh, yeah, but you double N, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, it, it's just a collaboration. It's just awareness and collaboration. I, I don't think we should take over the world. In in you know, every country can have their own organization and their own societies. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever works for them. But um, Re- recognition just collaborating of the and knowing recognition of the mm-hmm. credentials. So Magdalena. We're both fans of asset. We're, yes, obviously, we we've been involved. We've, we enjoy doing what we're doing. We're passionate about it. But what do you feel like asset can do better at this point? So, um, yeah, you're right. We are a fan of asset. I've been a fan of asset for years, and I've been extremely grateful for asset too, for, for all the help that I've received over the years. And um, I think what we can do better now is we could be better in reaching our members and meeting the techs where they are. So I think that, um, I think um, having a better social media presence, maybe, Um, you know, um, there's a lot of talk on social media, people asking uh, questions, you know, regarding some policies or protocols, or how do I do this? Or what product do I use? Uh, um, Do you know about this code or that code? Um, And it's great that people interact and give each other answers, but some of these answers may not be actually correct or may not be accurate. ACID has Mm -hmm. answers. ACID has best practices. Mm -hmm. ACID is the resource and should be the place where the techs go to get these answers. But the point is the techs probably, maybe they're newer techs now, maybe they don't know where to go. We should meet the techs where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure that they understand that there is that, that they can go to the website, they can find resources. If there is no resource here, there's going to be a link to ACNS guidelines that talk about what you should do for for uh, you know whatever you're looking for. Yeah. So I think that um, I think that we are underutilizing our our resources right now. We have Asset Central, which is a great um, site. Yeah. I think it's right now also underutilized. Maybe we need to do a little bit more of an advertising on that yeah. part that people know to go to Asset Central. I think there's people that use it, but there's a lot of people that don't. Yeah. I think the, so I think the I structure think that, and, the, and the intent is fabulous, but the awareness is low. Exactly, exactly. I 100% agree with you. So I think we could do we could do better in that respect. Um, I think we should listen to our to the needs of our members and to the needs of techs. Uh, which we kind of are doing. We do surveys. I, I don't know if we do surveys, membership surveys every year, but we mm-hmm. probably should be doing membership survey every year to, to, to have a pulse of what is really needed. I think we're doing pretty well uh, and great with education, and we have awesome courses um, available. But I think we can probably do a little bit more with advocacy, as I said, that, you know, uh, promoting our profession. 
um, professional development career hub, maybe some mentoring. We've been talking about mentoring program at Asset. I don't think it's uh, there yet, but but there's definitely room mm -hmm. for us to... Can you, to, can you qualify to, that? To, uh, give us a vision of what uh, a mentoring program, a successful one would look like? Well, I would envision it in a way that we have um, mentors and mentees, right? So we have people who are um, younger techs, maybe students, or maybe someone who just entered the field and uh, they're just kind of trying to find their pathway and 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 grow their career. And and, and maybe we'll match the people who are already developed in their careers and with, mm -hmm. with mentees and kind of sort of to guide them in, oh. throughout their journey. That'd be a great, because there's a ton of techs um, out there that don't have uh, in the in the hospitals in which I work, they don't they don't have that guidance. Right, right. And I think it's I think it would be actually uh, attractive also to mentors, to people who who have experience. It's actually fun to teach other people and to mentor other people. I find yeah. it rewarding as well. So I think it would be a win-win for both mentors and the mentees mm -hmm. too. Yep. Um, I think we should reach out to younger techs and students and get them involved and have and, and have them take active role in the society. I think we tend to have people who are involved are usually more um, advanced in their careers. I think we should reach out to younger crowd and and involve them in this society as well because they are the future. Oh yeah. Yep. You need a bench. You need a feeder program. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah. So these are my kind of ideas how to how we can do better. Um, yeah. There's there's always room for improvement, you know, even if you're perfect. I'm not, I mean, I, I love asset, as I said. I think that people who work for asset, both staff and volunteers, are doing a tremendous work. Yeah. And amazing work. Uh, but as as everything changes, we we, we continue to, to change and we live in the, you know, society that changes and healthcare, the changes we need to change too. And and there's always room for, for improvement. Yeah. A ton of things have changed in the last uh, three, four years. Yeah. Since 2020. Nice. So um, do me a favor. Let's uh, let's let's uh, wrap this one up. I want you to talk to our listeners. And um, I think they got a really good idea who you are and the value that you can bring to the position. But I want you to share with them now. Give them your, your elevator pitch, your closing statement on why, if they haven't voted, they should log in and vote for you. Well, so I am really passionate about neurodiagnostics. And I have um, experience in the field of neurodiagnostics, and I, I volunteered in this in the acid and other societies as well. I think um, what I also bring is uh, a really thorough knowledge of neurodiagnostic community in the U.S. Um, having, um, and that comes from my professional um, role. We have um, over twenty locations in the United States, so I attended local chapter meetings in many states. I speak to techs in, in several states, from Florida to state of Washington. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of makes me aware of differences and disparities within the country in terms of job markets, in terms of states with neurodiagnostic schools and states without neurodiagnostic schools. Um, there are discrepancies in how techs are being paid in different areas of the countries. There are yeah. vast differences within the country yeah. Um, that I think I am pretty well aware of because of, you know, traveling all over the place, talking to techs all over the place, attending the local chapter meetings in different locations. Yeah. Um, 
I also think I have a great, um, I have a pretty well knowledge of neurodiagnostics within the healthcare industry. And that's because I've been fortunate to attend ACNS meetings, AES meetings, critical care meetings, um, ACID conferences every year for the mm -hmm. past, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah. So I'm pretty up to date with trends and with issues in healthcare affecting not only techs, but also physicians. And as neurodiagnostic techs, we are affected and dependent on physicians, organizations, payers, CMS, healthcare laws, um, yeah. everything that changes around us. We are dependent on that and affected by it. So we need to be as asset leadership. I think we need to be very well aware of what is happening around us in the healthcare and in order to position ourselves strategically, right? And yeah. to be proactive rather than reactive. So that's, that's, I think, my personal asset to having that knowledge and having that um, awareness of the industry. Yeah. Um, I think I'm someone also who has learned to collaborate. So throughout my career, I learned to uh, the importance of listening to others and respecting other opinions and collaborating with others. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't always have to agree with everybody on everything as long as we can work our differences and, and work together. Yeah. So that's that's an ability that also I've acquired over the years. That's going to be important um, in-house working with that other asset membership. Uh, and, and, and executive board and such, but um, that's going to be important on Absolutely. the outside too, because you're going to have to collaborate Absolutely. with with Abrit, with ACNS, with you know all the organizations, double A N, a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. And then again, hard work and and dedication to neurodiagnostic profession. Yeah. That's that I can definitely commit to. Yeah. So yeah, um, if you haven't voted already, please please uh, vote. I, I know Mary and I know Chris and there I have nothing but uh, respect and admiration for both. So please review all candidates and please vote for me. We have three. We have three strong candidates. Yeah, exactly. So I, I learned that through the last three days doing interviews. So exactly. Yep. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, it's been a good interview and I've enjoyed the time that we got to spend together and I uh, wish you luck in the election. Thank you so much, Jason. And thank you, everyone who listens to this podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Magdalena. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jason Meyer for The Neuropod, the podcast for neurodiagnostic professionals.